Hey yo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox post game show presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Excited to talk to you today about the White Sox winner. Sox win 3-2 over the Seattle Mariners. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me is Herb Lawrence. We got a couple technical difficulties. There we go. Hey, how's everybody doing? We got the... Great production here by Steven Nicholas. We're excited to talk to you, all you Sox fans here. And uh, I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Alongside me is Herb Lawrence. Hello. At HectorWall23. We should be joined a little bit later by our guy, Vinny Duber. But as we said, Sox win 3-2. A lot to recap. Vince Velasquez looks okay uh, in the White Sox uh, starting pitching role. Uh, Reese McGuire looks good. And the White Sox get a win against a pitcher that they have not seen, which is all good things for me. When we first saw Mr. Brash pitch and um, I saw that slider today, I was like, it's going to be a tough game. Mm-hmm. Really tough game for the White Sox to win this one because that guy's got filth. And he was getting a lot of swing and misses from the White Sox. When we looked up after the second inning, they only had two strikeouts. That is a testament to the White Sox approach. And all the studying they did, I think we got a graphic later. He only had six strikeouts, but he had some of the nastiest stuff I've seen. That what they called knuckle curve looked more like a serve or or a slider. Jesus. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is we talked about with pregame. People don't know how to label his his breaking ball. It is disgusting, and you know he's six one one seventy. You see that frame, you don't expect that he's going to be throwing ninety seven with that type of movement. We'll talk about him and, and the great performance that he had in his debut. But all that matters to me, Herb, is the Sox win 3-2. to two, And I think what it's important is to let the people know how we scored those runs. So let's go through the run recap. Top of the second, one out. Eugenio Suarez is up. And after a 1-0 changeup from Vince Velasquez, Suarez lined a sinker over the left field fence for a home run. one nothing M's. We go to the bottom of the third. Josh Harrison works a walk. Then next batter, Reese McGuire laces the Sox First hit into right field. Harrison goes first to third. T.A.'s up next on a 1-2 count. He hits a ball right at J.P. Crawford at shortstop, who can't handle it. Mariners should have been out of the inning. Instead, Harrison scores. Anderson and McGuire are safe. Sox tie it up 1-1, and then there's nothing that happens until the bottom of the sixth. Still 1-1. One one. one out. 0-2 count. Luis Robert up. Again, did I mention it's an 0-2 count. Slaughter, slider outside. Robert takes it. 1-2 count. Next pitch. Slaughter outside that Robert sits on. It's on it. 2-2 count. Brash throws another slider, but what happens, Herb? He hung it, and it was a cement mixer, and he murdered it. Yeah, Luis think- Robert is just <laughs> otherworldly. He hit a ball like it was not a great pitch of brashes Mm -mm. but anybody else that is a filthy pitch it's middle middle so it's a little hung but out of all those pitches that uh, brash is throwing you see all the sliders in that at bat that he's throwing to Luis Robert and Luis Robert calmly rockets the ball (laughs) 110 miles an hour to the opposite field otherworldly guys we have an MVP we have an elite player we saw the play he made on the fence where he caught the ball, which was the second hardest hit ball and the second farthest hit ball of the game off of Jeff- Jesse Winker's bat, 400 feet there. Easy catch on the wall. He makes it look easy. I remember his rookie year, he really had troubles with balls at the wall. But that home run he hit, what's, what more is there to say, guys? There's not much And by the way, I'm wearing sunglasses. These are prescription sunglasses because the future's so bright. You got to wear shades, friends. 
I thought it was kind of cool. I like the I like the look that you had rocking in pregame. I like that you're continuing it uh, into postgame. And my favorite thing too is you got a visual bit for something that most people listen to. This is a podcast, so you know you got a visual bit for an audio platform, which is which is always great. I'm uh, here for only my visual people. If you're listening <laughs> to this, thank you very much. But also, you should be tuning in live so you can get the breakdown. You can see my beautiful face and, and Sean's too, and you get to interact with us, which is the fun part. Roberts blast 110 miles per hour off the bat. 408 feet, and it visits the people in section 102. Sox lead 2-1, to one, bottom of the eighth. Robert walked on six pitches. He didn't swing at a single pitch, then walked, then stole second base while Abreu was up. Abreu walks, so Robert and Abreu on first and second. That's not good enough because then, Aloy, or, uh, while Aloy is up, Robert has to steal third. So that's two stolen bags no, for it's, Robert. It's even better. He stole third base when Grandal was up. Grandal, a left-handed hitter at was that time. Grandal? Yeah, okay. it was Grandal, and then Grandal popped up the third. But yeah, Grandal was up, so the so the catcher has a free a free view at third base. The pitcher did not Diego Castillo did not take uh, pay attention to Luis Robert like he's some bum, some crumb bum. Luis Robert <laughs> was like, man, come on now, respect my speed, and just took off and got that base easily. And some bum who just stole first off you, so no, why not check on him at second base? Let's just let him steal. Third. And if you are a CHGO White Sox member and you've been watching the pre's and post and the uh, uh, shows we did before the season started. I told you, it's going to be a 30-30 year for Luis Robert. He's stealing a lot of bags right now. I think he's got four in the season. He's mm-hmm. up to four. Four? He's on 162-game pace. So still the base. <laughs> Stealing base pace. And he's hitting homers. So your, your 40-40 prediction's looking pretty nice there, Herb. And uh, we got no expert and Jacob, or I'm sorry, and Brennan saying that that was their uh, pick to clicks uh, here, whether it was Luis Robert. So good pick on you guys I on that one. I think it's cheating to pick Luis Robert. I thought it was cheating to pick Tim Anderson the first day that he came back, but yeah. Vinny did it, and Vinny got the win. So I don't think there's anything cheating. We didn't make any rules up about that one. But Eloy pulls a ball on the ground to Crawford at shortstop. He goes to second, gets one, but Eloy beats the throw to first, scoring Robert. Sox lead 3-1, going into the top of the ninth. Can Hendricks close it out. He gets the first batter, Torrance swinging. One out, next batter, J.P. Crawford. He hits a chopped one. That one goes over Hendricks' head just before Garcia. Hendricks can't field it. Crawford reaches first. Next batter, Adam Frazier. Hendricks sets him down with no problems. Two out. Then T.Y. France, your guy, on a 2-1 count, hits a single into right field just before Adam Engel. Runners on first and second. Two outs. Jesse Winker up. 1-0 pitch. He laces that into second center field. Roberts throw to home is cut off, and Crawford scores. Sox lead 3-2. Will Hendricks blow it again? Herb Diddy? He did not. No. Three straight fastballs. Two, uh, I think it was uh, Mitch Hanniger. Three straight fastballs to Mitch Hanniger. One, two, three. That's a K. Sox win 3 2. Uh, big, big job there by Liam Hendricks to make sure that the game didn't get blown again. Tough, tough uh, appearance by Mr. Uh, Hendricks there, but I want to mention Greg and Brandon Stokes. They both have a. Uh, very, 40, 40. very 40, 40 predictions for Luis Robert. Was yours just a measly 30, 30, 30? 30, yeah. I, and I, th- when I said it, I was like, come on now. And you guys were like, <laughs> he's not going to steal 30 bags. It's like, these people are thinking he's going to hit 40 home runs. I don't think he's going to hit 40 home runs, but 40 bags I think he can get. But Liam Hendricks, second appearance this year for the White Sox in a save situation. And I didn't see it. Like, he has the heat. And... He, I don't know what he needs. He needs, maybe he needs Greg Gimbrel on the team to motivate him. Uh, he didn't I, look great. Would you, the velocity was great. Yeah. 97, but his, he wasn't throwing a lot of pitches for strikes. 
he was the Mariners are patient enough, and they were seeing him be in it. Yeah, like uh, Jesse Winker hit that, laced that ball to center, and the the batter before Ty that, France. laced that ball to right field. So they were not they were not worried about what Liam Hendricks brought. I was scared when Mitch Haniger came up, but Liam wasn't. Ninety seven right past him to end the game. That was nice to see. Yeah, he, I mean, three straight fastballs to Haniger, and he took care of him easy. No expert saying so. Serious question: What's the deal with Hendricks? Why is he so hittable? Is he missing spots? What changed so far? From what I've been able to tell, it's just very similar. Liam Hendricks. Liam Hendricks still gave up seven home runs last year. There was a point last year pretty much before the Field of Dreams game where people were wondering if he was worth the signing. And then he just continues to be Liam Hendricks. He's going to allow hard contact. He is trying to get pitches into the zone. That's the reason why he's the fourth pitcher, I think, in the 2000s to have over 100 Ks and less than 10 walks. He wants to be aggressive. He wants you to be off balance, swing and miss. And honestly, I think this was a much better game uh, for for him in this game than Detroit. Yes, he did give up the two hits, but a lot of big swing and misses here, and he was using all of his pitches. 13 fastballs, seven curveballs, five sliders. He got a total of six whiffs on 25 pitches. That's a 43% whiff rate. We'll take that. I think that was mostly on his fastball. His fastball was, was electric tonight. It was 97, and uh, Hanniger could not handle it. I was scared that that was going to be a rocket shot and there's going to be a tie game. But, yeah, I, I'm not worried in the long run for Liam Hendricks, like you said, even in the game, on the corn game, as Tony calls it, he gave up the lead there. Right. The White Sox could have closed out the Yankees, but he gave up the lead, but that set up the Timmy Anderson uh, moment. I'm not in, in, in the grand scheme. These are two rough starts or two rough appearances from Liam Hendricks. He'll be fine. He's the two-time reigning reliever of the year. He'll be fine. Yeah, and the velo's fine. The spin is fine. I think that he is fine uh just you know it needs to be tighter it's still april second appearance for him this season if he's just a little bit tighter he's, he's just hitting his spots a little bit more i mean he'll be unhittable and you know he's not unhittable yet but still uh no earned runs or one earned run i'm sorry one earned run in this game but still was able to close it out uh, and got some big strikeouts three strikeouts still and he uh, struck out the side so i don't know if he's getting uh, thor's hammer we'll have to ask uh <laughs> vinny if he's getting that return to him but let's go to some other pitchers we got vince velasquez and matt brash to talk about the two starters for both teams honestly i want to start with brash because vince velasquez Oof. might be a little bit more of a, a an in-depth discussion here and as you could see matt brash goes five and a third allowed four hits one walk two earned runs and six k's like you mentioned vince velasquez goes four innings two hits three walks one earned two k's brash six k's and five and a third innings very very disgusting stuff from him what'd you see just nasty stuff. I mean, he had the most swing and misses. I don't know what the number is exactly on a baseball savant, but the White Sox were not seeing him well. But like I said, they had good at bats versus a guy that has electric stuff. To only strike out six times in that five and uh, four and a third, that's, that's a that's doing something. That is really doing something. They couldn't see those pitches except for the one he hung to Luis Robert. They were in that in those sequences. He hung a couple of them, but the White Sox were trying to be patient. And just let those go, balls go by. When it was in the uh, left-handed batter's box. Oh, they couldn't deal with They it. were just, like, the ball, from my vantage point watching here, starts, like, in the middle of the plate. Uh -huh. 
and it goes to the left-handed batter's box. It's ridiculous. That so, you shouldn't be able to do that. So the one that Robert hit, we'll talk about a little bit later. But, I mean, honestly, like, you're, you're exactly right. About 30 feet of the way that ball paths. I mean, it's straight on a line. And then it just takes this crazy hook down and away. I mean, it could start at the middle of the plate, and it will end in the, in the edge of the, batter's, bat, uh, the, the bat, batter's box of the left-handed hitter. And if that is not enough... He's throwing 99. Right. On his With fastball. Movement. Yeah. With movement. I mean, that thing has tail on it. See, I always got something there. Like, for the White Sox to win this game, this is, I think, the best win of the season. Because when you go against a pitcher like that and a formidable lineup like the Mariners have, I picked them, as you guys know, as the AL West champions this year. You see all the players they have. Vince Velasquez did a decent job of holding them down. You know, you can't keep A. Eugenio Suarez in the park for too long if you throw garbage pitches. That sinker that got up middle-middle, he's going to deposit it. For his part, I think he did well for him. I'm grading on a curve for him, not on, like, a starting pitcher, a regular starting pitcher, because, firstly, the season's weird. Secondly, he didn't know he was going to be pushed into action this quickly. And thirdly, I just think that everybody is going real short. Like You see all the pitchers. There's barely anybody going past five innings early in this season. Yeah, and I was surprised that, uh, I'm talking about Brash, he went 85. Uh, Velasquez ends up going uh, four innings, uh, throwing 62 pitches. Brash throws 85 pitches. Um, And you mentioned the knuckle curve from Brash a little bit earlier. Uh, He threw 85 pitches. How many times do you think he threw that knuckle curve? You had to guess. It had to be at least 85 pitches? 85. He had to throw at least 30 of those. (laughs) He threw 30 fastballs. He threw four change-ups and 51 Sliders slash curveballs. Uh, so ridiculous stuff from him. He got 11 whiffs on the on 51 curveballs. <laughs> if I had that repertoire, I would be throwing that too. Yeah. Why, why wouldn't you? You saw how silly the White Sox looked up there. And still, like, they scratched out a couple of hits and a couple of runs. J.P. Crawford, tip of the cap. Thank you for our first run. Right. And then Luis Roberts, Luis Robert. You, what can you do, friends? Yeah, and two, I mean, brash has a changeup that works too against left-handed hitters and it's very Lance McCullers-esque to me um I mean there was a time Lance McCullers threw like 20 straight curveballs or sliders like that I mean it was very much just this pitch is disgusting you cannot hit it and I, I and I will just you know show it to you until you hit it and then finally Robert does and he deposits in that bomb and that ball too I mean that started a little bit in on him and then started to break. And it, Robert really didn't start his swing until it started to break. I mean, you need to go watch the, the video if you haven't. Because it isn't one of these mammoth shots that go out to the concourse. Or one of these mammoth shots that are just absolutely hit sky high. It was like a fairly high liner um, and, and went opposite field. But it was just a great piece of hitting. He got around on it perfectly. And the way that it tailed into his barrel, I mean, he just cracked it out to right center. And it was, uh, it was insane to see. It was great. Great to see. And Brandon Stokes for a good, good point. And I think I brought it up during the game. Like, with that much movement with RPMs uh, plus 3,000, I just worry about his health. Yeah. I want to see greatness. That brash guy, like, he has greatness built into him because that ball has more movement than I've seen any slider or slurve or whatever you want to call it, knuckle curve, they, whichever they were calling in the broadcast, that I've seen in a while. Maybe I'm being a prisoner of the moment, but. I don't know if you guys have anybody that you've seen with that type of movement on their curveball slider slurve, please put them in the comments. No, and not to be brash. That's enough. 
That Thank is you. enough. We're uh, all right. All right. I mean, all right. the the fastball was similar to to Jordan Hicks in a way. It's not 104 or 102 like he throws it, uh, but it's got a nasty tail. And there was a pitch that he threw to Jose Abreu, Matt Brash, uh, that slider, that had 16 inches of sweep on it and was 89 miles per hour. I mean, it's just video game stuff, as I mentioned a little bit earlier. Tom, uh, Vaughn can't hit if he's not in the lineup. Yeah, and well, I see Tom uh, talking about Vaughn. Uh, I think there's another person that's mentioning Vaughn. Guys, it's it's one game. He's been brought up a him. lot. It's one game. That's I know him. he's been brought up in the pregame. He's been brought up in the postgame. Guys, they've played four games. He's played 50% of them. Like, that's I, bad. It, it, that's, that's bad. Herb, let's... Larry Gar- Garcia has played here. more than him. But Andrew Vaughn can't play second base, and we've he talked will. about this. We'll Can talk he not? About, we'll talk about Leary's. Can he pl- not play better than Larry Garcia? I, I don't. I know. haven't seen. I haven't seen that Andrew Vaughn can't play second base. Please show me that. Yeah, I can see an Alex essay, and I think that's Alex Sampson. What's up, Alec? Uh, Alex saying he can see Vaughn starting to uh, not starting Vaughn to get lefties in because I mean you see that slider. Yeah, I, I don't think I Vaughn it. can handle that. I mean that's going to the opposite. You want that 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 pitch coming into the barrels and into those those left handers. I see what they're doing, but there's no need to baby Andrew Vaughn. If you think of him as a guy who's going to be a top of the league hitter, I put do. him against guys. Who have filthy stuff? If he he can't get better well, at but it's, be, at beating those guys until you actually play those. Do you guys. want Andrew Vaughn to play 162 games? I want though? Like, Andrew that's Vaughn the thing to play 150 games. Oh yes, 150. It's such a ridiculous workload to ask for him. Jose Abreu is playing 150 games, so he's been playing baseball at a professional level for 20 years. He played 127 games, the third most for the Sox last year. I don't understand the rush to get him out in every single game. Because yes, he's Andrew that Vaughn's good. good, but also keep him rested. I know he's that good. I've been trying to be on the Andrew Vaughn fan club. I love Andrew Vaughn. I think he's going to be the second best hitter for the White Sox in 2022. But he can only be that way if he's healthy. You play him 127 games last year, and by August 19th, he is dead. He doesn't hit an extra base hit after August 19th. You don't have that playoff bat. He wasn't a factor in the playoffs. You know who was? Gavin Sheets, who took Lance McCullers deep in game four, the only run that the White Sox scored. That's the issue that I have with the White Sox. This is not just about April games against Detroit and against Seattle. This is about October as well. You're going to need Andrew Vaughn against right in October. You're going to need Andrew Vaughn against righties and lefties in October. You need to have him healthy at that point. You can get him in against right-handers. He's just been 0 for 2 so far when the lineups come out. Exactly. I, I'm and fine I with feel, There's been four games. And I feel <laughs> like this is going to continue. When there's a righty on the bump, they'll be trying to get sheets in the game. Why does he get priority? Just because of the handedness? If he's going to be an elite hitter, you have to go against these guys. You don't get better at facing right-handers unless you go against right-handers. It's just so annoying. It's annoying. If they think, which Rick Hahn said on ESPN 1000, that he is an elite hitter, they think that they're not going to trade him this year. I don't want him in 50% of the games. I don't want a straight platoon. They can platoon, but 75% of those games go to Andrew Vaughn. I don't care if it's righty on that bump. You get Andrew Vaughn out the game when Andrew Vaughn's tired. You get Andrew Vaughn out of the game when you think, okay, he needs a break or we need to get Sheets a little bit work. But then you try to find Andrew Vaughn a spot in the lineup somewhere. Hey, can you play right today? Oh, AJ Pollock's out. Cool. Andrew Vaughn, you're in right today. We'll have Sheets at designated header. I know the situation was different because he had Yasmani at DH and Reese McGuire, who we'll get to a little bit later. I just feel like when 
you have a special hitter like they think he is, like I think he is. Like I think he is. I think he's you a special hitter, guys. must, like, you think that Robert's good. You think that Loy's good. You think Tim's yes. good, Moncada's good, and uh, Brayu's good. Andrew Vaughn should be in that same conversation, the exact same conversation, and Yasmani Grandal, too. He is, but and it's should be different. playing every I day. Mean, I mean, you have to look at the amount of games that he's played. Aloy has played minor league seasons before. You're going to have to break through that. You Robert have to has do that sometime. Seasons before. You're going to have to break through that. But it's if, we, if we're talking about signing Carlos Rodon and then blaming him for having a dead arm after using it, like what, what is the point of not protecting Andrew Vaughn? If he plays 75 games, it's 121 games. I'm fine with that. He's not if a he child. If he plays 75% of the games, I'm fine with that. That's 121 games. That's six less than last year. Absolutely You just not. said that 75% of the platoon but should I, be no, Andrew said, Vaughn. No, yes. That's 75 percent of the games is 121 said, games yes yeah, i said just of, i said of the platoon he can i said when you when you don't have him in you find him another spot to play oh boy so if you're gonna be. play you're gonna play sheets then you gotta play vaughn somewhere else this is gonna you be put a, him you put him in the lineup this is gonna be a long-term discussion point and uh, yeah, maybe because when it maybe, happens again sean i'm gonna be apoplectic if it's gonna happen in may and June and July, I will be more upset. But they this is still April. Guys need to get into a swing of things. Gavin Sheets still needs to play. All those games count the same. I know they all count the same, the but it's not same. about winning. It's it's about the actual marathon part. And Alexander, it's about every mile counts but, the same in a marathon. But you still need to be able to finish the. You marathon. and Alexander think like. It's an either-or situation. It's not an either-or situation. Yes, it it's is. It's not like he doesn't... You had him in April. No, you had him in April last year because of Eloy's injury. You had him in April last year because of Eloy's injury, and he didn't make it to so, October. So when's the day where he's going to be playing 150 games? When are we going to not baby him? I don't know, but Michael Kopech, we're babying Michael Kopech because he That's hasn't... a different play- dude. That dude had a... Uh, he had an injury. He had a... So did Tommy Andrew Jeff- Vaughn. Andrew Vaughn had an injury. How do you go from being this type of hitter from the start of your career to August 19th to not having extra base hit one single extra base hit from the end of august from august 20th to october 2nd you have a single a single extra base hit yeah that's an injury right there yeah but that he didn't get you don't get injured because he was playing a lot he got injured because he was playing he got injured in the game he wasn't got injured because he had a long a big workload he got injured because he actually had a injury in a game and that's fair and he had no time to at least recover on that he had no time to recover because he was consistently playing in october and september if you're making that argument that especially if he's at the dh where he won't be diving for balls and hurting himself yeah okay and like i'm saying it's not an either or situation we, I want him in October also, but how we get <laughs> we to Octo- like Andrew Vaughn. how we get to October <laughs> is because Andrew Vaughn is one of the hitters that is leading this team forward. I like Gavin Sheets, but Gavin Sheets is just another dude. He's just another guy. He's a nice Major League Baseball player. Andrew Vaughn is a elite bat. Which I absolutely agree with, which is the reason why Gavin Sheets is up here, you know, with 82 games played as a 25-year-old and Andrew Vaughn, the third overall pick who only played, you know, played 55 games in the minor leagues, is up here batting fifth on Sunday. I am all for Andrew Vaughn being on this team and getting at-bats, but if I'm looking at this this lineup today, you get the win, and that's, that's all that matters. This game, game number four, counts as, as much as game 52, Right, and you still get the win with Gavin Sheets in the lineup. You still get the win with Leary Garcia in the lineup. You still get the win. I understand. That's a result. The yes. process was wrong. I just, I, I'm, I'm fine with the process. The process was wrong. You got to have Andrew and Vaughn in the game more than not. If you're getting him a blow, give him a blow. 
but not to, not to play Gavin Sheets. That's just to me that's ridiculous. He's just a better guy. Let's move on because we're not going to yes. settle this. We'll move on, and you know what? You can't settle. You can settle bets with Points Bet. The okay. best way to support CHGO is to download the Points Bet app and use code <laughs> CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to two thousand dollars. But that's not it. If you make a fifty dollar uh, or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO Locker, all for making more than a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet and Herbs. Rocking the shirt, as you can see. We got the Brawler socks on a shirt. We got a Sky shirt. We got a Blackhawk shirt. We got a Bull shirt. We got a Bear shirt. So go check out the deal that PointsBet is offering you. Again, CHGO is the code when you sign up. Make a first-time deposit of $50 or more. You'll get the $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. If you have any questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we will help you out. PointsBet is your home for live in-play betting, and it just got even better. Introducing PointsBet's newest feature, the live NBA same-game parlay, and you can rack up your odds on that. You can get something like plus 120 if you put together three different odds or three different uh, bets into a parlay. And my favorite part of the points bet app, you can boost those odds. If you like those plus 120 odds, you get one free boost a day. So take advantage of what points bet is offering you. Watch live, parlay live, and boost live with points bet. Online signup is available in Illinois. You can download the points bet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. Gambling problem? Call one 4700 Vince, should we talk about Vince or Herb? Should we talk about Vince Velasquez? Yeah, and Brennan. Yes, that ad transition. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you Undefeated. Tip of the cap. Man's uh, got good segues. Like, like Raylo into uh, Raylo after uh, Aloy Jimenez makes that crazy defensive play out in the outfield. And his pitch column falls out of his hat. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's go back to uh, the Vince Velasquez graphic and recap how Vinny did in his opening day start. I'd like to go back to the, uh, thank you very much, uh, four innings pitch for Vince Velasquez, two hits allowed, three walks allowed, one earned run, and two Ks for Vince Velasquez. And now we could show the picks, Mitch, because that was the thing that I really loved from Vince Velasquez today. He wasn't great. He wasn't superb. Two Ks, three walks. He was hit hard a couple of times mm-hmm. as well. But you look at the pitch mix here, 21 fastballs, 14 knuckle curves, 14 sliders, eight sinkers, five changeups. That is a different pitch mix than what he was offering last year at any point. Uh, he was usually never uh, below 40% with that four-seam fastball. Now at 34%. That knuckle curve was never never above 20% last year. That slider was never above 23%. And this is for entire months. Uh, that sinker was never as high as 10%. And that changeup uh, was used a little bit less uh, and not that effectively, but effectively enough to get two whiffs. So a very nice pitch mix there from Vince Velasquez. I liked what I saw at least pitch mix-wise. Command still had some uh, uh, things that were lacking there. Uh, only seven first pitch strikes for Vince Velasquez when facing 17 batters. But if that increases, he gets more first pitch strikes. He starts attacking guys a little bit more. Maybe this can work out. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think Vince Velasquez is a short-timer. And for what he did today, I commend him. I was expecting five. I always said five innings. And four earned runs. He gave me four innings and one earned run. I'll take it. Beggars can't be choosers. The White Sox are in a bad spot right now. Mm-hmm. But the thing I don't like, and an early thing, and we're t- if we're talking about October, this will like pitcher pitching like this and going after going out after four innings. 
will probably cost them some of the bullpen at the end of the year. Bullpen has pitched half of the innings they've played this year. Starters have gone 17. Bullpen's gone 17. That's tough. Yeah, and Greg's asking here, are you boys good with this line from Vince Velasquez as the fifth, I guess technically it's the fourth, or do you expect more? I think we expect more. I expect more, but like if we're, for Vince Velasquez, that was all right. If it's anybody else, like if we're grading really a starting pitcher, no, it's not enough. And we're going to tax our bullpen. They rose up to the challenge again, even though we had a shaky knife, but... Yeah, we're going to need more length, and tomorrow we're going to have Dallas Keuchel on the bump. Hopefully, Dallas Keuchel can give the bullpen a rest, go six, seven innings. Dallas got a nice rubber arm and returns to the 2020 form rather than 2021 form. I think Vince Velasquez hopefully can only pitch two more starts, right right before uh, Giolito comes back off the IL. Hopefully, that's what uh, uh, Tony said. He's only going to miss two starts. And if he gives us in this ballpark... Four innings, five innings, less than four on runs. I think both of us, all the people watching and listening, will take that 100%. Yeah. I mean, well, the thing with Velasquez, he only threw 62 pitches. So I feel like, too, with his starter past, I feel like he can go longer than, than 62 and he can go longer than four innings. I think it was A, just amount of times he saw these Mariners hitters, just the lineup was being turned around a lot and a lot and a lot. So I just felt like they didn't want to see uh, those hitters get another look at, at Vince Velasquez. So I thought that was a thing. But you're right. These, these starters need to start going in longer. Four games so far, 17 innings pitched by the starting uh, pitchers so far. And Celeste Poppy with a perfect uh, comment right there. Vince Velasquez is a tourniquet, keeping us alive through April and May, nothing more. Nothing less. Yeah, and I agree with that. I mean, right now, that's what he is. I'm not sure if he has any options. We'll have to ask Vinny uh, if he joins us uh, at, at, during this post game. Uh, but that is something. I to think he's watch a major league for. pitcher. He's a major league. Uh, it was a major league contract, but I don't. And know I don't if think he, he can any... be signed down. I don't think he can be sent down okay. without his own permission. So that would be the one thing to watch out for. Maybe he then goes into the pen. But right now, Johnny Cueto and Vince. Velasquez are tourniquets. Uh, Johnny Cueto, we're not sure when he's going to be up here, but even Jimmy Lambert's a tourniquet uh, in that sense as well. And again, we mentioned it, 17 innings pitched so far out of 36 for the Sox. I guess there's also extra innings too. No, they won, they won in the ninth inning. How about so, your man, Joey, uh, who's the Cubs producer right now? Spathis. Talking about uh, Herb, is it sunny over there? In Studio B. You want to give us a weather report? I mean, it's real nice Joey, and sunny. Joey's out there winning money on the Cubs, yeah. betting money, $500 on the Cubs. Sorry, get Joey's business out there. Look at that money Joey's got, <laughs> feeling his oats. Joey with his free just, bet winning money and hey, talking his trash. Yeah, just, hey. hey. Joey, why don't you worry about your own show? Yeah, stay out what? of White Sox business, Joey. Ah. Got him. Uh, and also, I want to go back to uh, one of the comments uh, in the before we go back to Vince and uh, this the starters needing more uh, uh, innings here. There was one, one comment by Thrasher, William Thrasher, who mentioned uh, Rocky Biddle. Uh, many people, <laughs> yeah. Uh, where is it? Uh, I just saw it. I uh, know it was you. Just scroll past. It. Many people are saying it was a Rocky Biddle esque performance from Vince Velasquez a lot, and we got three people uh, shouting out Rocky Biddle. Uh, I don't remember Rocky Biddle. Do you? Yeah, Rocky Biddle, I think uh, mid-2000s, right-hander. Right-hander, I think number 60, if I'm correct. Fine. Number 60. Yeah, he was all right. What Not, two teams did he play for? Uh, Rocky Biddle, I'm going to say the Rockies. 
Well, no, he played for, play for the White Sox <laughs> and the Montreal Expos. Mm. Uh, not sure who he was traded for. Yeah, Sorry, shout, shout out to uh, Rocky Biddle. Uh, but yeah, 17 innings of 36 innings so far have been pitched by the Sox. In 2021, that was a big thing for the Sox. Brandon knew it. He played for the Expos. Yeah, 60 was right on that. You know, Brandon Stokes getting that right. And uh, Billy Koch was the Rocky Biddle of 03 and 04 from Connor Smith. Uh, let's go back, though. 2021, big story for the Sox. Starting pitchers going deep. Tony liked to have them go seven innings. Uh, we haven't seen that so far. I mean, what's this looking like if Dallas Keuchel gives you five innings and Jimmy Lambert only gives you five innings? Are you starting to get worried about the tax that might be put on this bullpen? The only thing I am concerned about, like if this is a regular year, I'll be really concerned. But late start from the lockout. Secondly, most of the league is doing this. And then thirdly, they have 28 men on the roster. And then they just sent down, uh, got uh, A.J. Pollock on the IL, and they brought up two pitchers for him and Lucas Giolito. So they have more pitchers on the roster than they would usually have. So, yeah, they can take some of the brunt, but you just don't want to put this workload on the bullpen this early. But everybody in major leagues, it looks like, is doing this five and dive. The Cubs pitchers, I think, through the first time, have gone all five innings. This is what's going on in this year's baseball. So uh, I'm, I'm kind of worried because on a traditional year, which is 162 uh, games, you would be like plus, non plus. You'd be like, what the f is going on right here? We're only pitching 17 innings, right. but we're winning games. But also 17 innings by our starters and 17 by our bullpen. If they can weather the storm and find a way where they can lengthen a guy like Michael Kopech, where he's just a regular starting pitcher, and Dallas Keiko returns to form, and we know our two top guys, are Cease, Gilito, and Lynn, when they return, are going to give us length. They're going to give us what we need. Yeah, we just need to weather the storm until then, and hopefully our bullpen stays solid, even though they struggled the first game. And they struggled in this game, uh, specifically just Liam. We do have Ralph saying to get your arm loose. Obviously, now that I'm getting called up, Sean Anderson, Severino. You don't want that. My arm's Ralph. ready and loose, so uh, you you got to come in now. Are you a lefty? Uh, I, I think the no, the hardest I've uh, thrown. No, Sean's a lefty. Oh, I throw hey, like 50 right. miles per hour. That's the hardest I can throw, and then my arm is off for like the next six to seven days. We have Rick Hahn's email, right? Somewhere. I mean, it, we could clip this right now. I'm a left-hander, Sean Anderson, Severino. I top out at like 75, uh, you know? So maybe, maybe on a good day. You're about uh, the same size as a White Matt Sox Rash. reliever. Um, no, uh, Brandon Finnegan. He's about five foot seven, he, eight, nine. I thought he was bigger. No, I think Brandon Finnegan's like real small. Isn't no, he? I think I think Anderson Severino is is the, the diminutive. Small guy. Yeah, I think I think he's diminutive. Oh, five eleven for for Finnegan. Yeah, five eleven two sixteen. That's generous. I think I've, I heard Severino might be even uh, shorter. Uh, and that's a good comment from Alec as well. I'm worried if this happens again the second time through the rotation and freaking out if it happens a third time through. I think that's a good point. If, you know, we see on Friday, let's say Dallas Keuchel does make a start and it's not rained out tomorrow and Jimmy Lambert does start on Thursday against the Mariners. On Friday, um, if you can look at, I think it's supposed to be Dylan Cease, uh, on Friday, if you have Dylan Cease go six innings, go seven innings, I think you'd be fine. I think I think yeah. that'd be a nice break right there. You only have to use two arms. You could possibly only use two arms. You know, have Dylan go seven and then close out the next two uh, and close that game out with one person. I mean, that that would be ideal. And speaking of the bullpen, while there's a lot of stars, I think the star of the game for me in the bullpen, Ronaldo Lopez. Mm. That guy is a revelation. He is turned himself into a disappointment. 
to a bullpen arm. But I think that I see somebody in Twitter said at the end of the year, he'll be setting up Liam Hendricks. Ooh, I don't know relax, if that's a thing man. because Kendall relax. Graveman today was out there <laughs> filthy too. But you see him paint 97, yeah. a pitch that I think it was Mitch Hanniger was like, what the fuck can I do with that? <laughs> It's on the black. 97? Right. Well, Mitch, Mitch Hanniger was like, you made a bad call on that one, Ump. You know who stole that one? Reese McGuire. Reese McGuire. Reese McGuire did that thing. Got great think, hands. Three damn times to end an inning. Called strikes just to set guys down. I don't know about Raylo as setting up Liam Hendricks here, and I do think that Brennan's right that you should keep Raylo in the pen here. You get one and two-thirds innings from Raylo. No hits, no runs, no walks. Two Ks, a big, big day from him. And the thing that I like, too, uh, from Reynaldo Lopez in this game, you got to see a little bit of a changeup here. You got a whiff on a changeup. You got two swings on a changeup. He threw three of them total. That was a good pitch to lefties. He needs to start working in some more different looks to guys to make sure that he can stay in this pen. That fastball works. That slider works. He was throwing them even amount of times, and then you work in a changeup. Guys won't know what to do with it. I really like what we're seeing so far out of Reynaldo Lopez. And you mentioned Graveman. Uh, I, I tweeted out that Reese McGuire was the best offseason pickup for the White Sox. Uh, it might be Kendall Graveman. Uh, I mean, yeah, Kendall Graveman's really good. Like, he's much better than I remember him on his first time around in the league when the Cubs picked him up as a, like, a rejuvenation thing and just paid him a bunch of money. You who fixed him? Mariners. Uh, oh, I thought, <laughs> I thought you were going to eat them fixed him. But oh, no. No, the, yeah, the Mariners fixed him. Thank you, Mariners. We appreciate that. But I still go with your Reese McGuire pickup because today, two hits. What, you got two hits out of uh, your backup catcher and superb catching. Just awesome catching. Handles the pitching staff so well. I just love this guy. That <laughs> imagine somebody giving you a great backup catcher for Zach Collins. Imagine that. <laughs> Rick Hahn does it again. Rick Hahn's league. Rick Hahn is playing 3D chess with uh, the league here and moving around uh, Reese McGuire. I'm now interested to see, too, when was the last time the White Sox got a multiple hit game from their backup catcher? I honestly have a feeling it might be Zebby's three homer game. Um, you, you're talking short about your man, Zach Collins. I know you love him. Do you think he got two hits? Yeah. From, yeah. I'm, sh- I'm, I'm sure, sure he got the last time. No, but like, oh, yeah. yeah, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm talking I'll, too much trash. Just September 27th, Zach Collins got I'm two hits. I'm about to say, yeah. I mean, he's not good, but I'm sure he ran into a couple hits. Yeah. And Gra- Graveman's been nice. Uh, we talk about uh, them fixing him. Uh, something that you saw with <laughs> Jamie uh, Burke. What did Jamie, oh, Jamie Connor Burke. said the last time. Uh, uh, backup catcher got two hits. <laughs> Jamie Burke, after he got trucked by, uh, who was that, Tory Hunter, in uh, 2004. Yeah, it was Jamie Burke, and before that it was Ben Davis, and before that it was Miguel Olivo, um, and Sandy Alomar's in there somewhere. Uh, but Graveman, uh, you'd notice the low uh, release point for him. Uh, it's a low release point that's set up by the Mariners. That's the kind of guys that they like. So you see Matt Brash there uh, going out. He's 6'1", 170, but he has an extension of 6'6". I mean, that's part of the thing that works with uh, the, these players and, and Graveman. Graveman's stuff looks faster because he's getting closer to the plate. He's not pitching it from six feet, 60 inches. He's trying to get up to like 55 uh, feet away from when that ball is released. So it just looks like it's faster. It looks, you know, 93 looks like it's 97. Um, it's all about, you know, appearance of velocity and making sure that 93 looks faster than it actually is. And I, I've loved seeing what we've seen so far from Graveman. Uh, Hendricks been a little iffy, but I'm not too worried. Any bullpen arms that are worrying you because so far I think so good yeah I mean 
other than Liam Hendricks, I have no problem with the bullpen. The bullpen has performed when they've been asked uh, to perform. Bennett Sousa didn't get out of his inning uh, that he was uh, performing. He faces three batters, did not get out of the inning. But he's third appearance, hasn't given up anything. I'll take that. Whatever you give us, Bennett Sousa, as a guy that we weren't even coming close to counting on this year, phenomenal. Yeah, and then if Anderson, uh, Sean Anderson Severino does the same <laughs> thing, I'm all good. Man, the White Sox... Yeah, I remember last year, they're like, we got the best bullpen of all time, and then they immediately came out and sucked. <laughs> and they said that again, and then you give up the booty versus Detroit, and I was like, here we go again. But they've recovered since then, and Liam's the Liam's the right. weak link of the bullpen. Who thought? Well, because they didn't give up any runs on Sunday, the bullpen. I don't think they gave up. Did they oh. give up anything to the Tigers? Because I know Bummer had a little iffy. Close, but I don't think they gave up any runs there. No. So I think they went a, a scoreless inning streak of about, like, 17 right there, and the only one giving up runs is Hendricks. And and Thomas McPartland brings up a point. Uh, Bummer looked a little shaky. Yeah. But I think you need to ask, who was that, uh, Jesse Winker, about Bummer? Yeah. So, like, Bummer mm-hmm. does look shaky, but also he has a K per nine of 27. So, like, That's you know, he's struck out every batter he's faced. <laughs> Kind of good. Yeah. So it's like he, he's his command hasn't been perfect. But if anything, that just shows you how disgusting his stuff uh, is. That shows you how disgusting his release point is and just how tough he is to hit from any side of the plate, and especially a left-hander because Jesse Winker uh, just looked lost up at the plate uh, against Bummer uh, today. But, uh, yeah, Bennett Souza goes uh, two-thirds, one hit, one walk, uh, no runs. Ronaldo Lopez, an inning a third. He gets the win. No hits, no walks, two Ks. Bummer, two and a third, two walks, but two Ks. Graveman gets the hold. An inning pitched, one walk, or sorry, one hit, no walks, one K, and then Hendricks. An inning pitched, three hits allowed, one earned run, three Ks. So, you know, overall, nine innings pitched, seven hits, two earned runs, six Ks, ten, uh, six walks, 10 Ks for the Sox. Pretty good line. Yeah, the walks are a little extreme, but effective. The, the win was in the pocket, so the White Sox uh, find a way to win a game that we all thought was going to be trouble when that man, Matt Brash, is on that bump. And, you know, then you're going against uh, Vince Velasquez, who gave up that rocket home run. Once I saw that ball in the first thing that Mitch Hanniger hit, I was like, all right, here we go, one nothing. But apparently the wind's blowing in from left field early in the game that knocked that ball down. I was like, off the bat, that looked like a rocket home run. And then A. Eugenio Suarez hits a home run in the second inning. I was like, here we go. This is going to be a bad day for the White Sox, especially that man on the bump for Seattle. But scratch and claw, grab a victory where it looked very hard and very daunting. That's what championship teams do. Absolutely. And there was two plays that the White Sox made in the field that were championship level that I'm excited to talk to you about. But what also is a game changer is Strava CBD Coffee. It's a game changer and has helped thousands of people to improve their overall wellness and quality of life. Strava delivers delicious, fresh, roasted specialty coffee infused with organic broad-spectrum CBD. CBD from help doesn't get you high or hungry, but it does offer real benefits that can help you. It'll make you feel alert and focused without the jitters. It will help you live your day more balanced with less anxiety and fewer aches and pains. Plus, including CBD in your daily routine can even help you enjoy more restful sleep so you wake up feeling your best. I like to drink it, weirdly enough, at midnight. I have restless leg syndrome. So drinking some CBD coffee, not only does the warmthness... The decaffeinated one, right? The decaffeinated one. It's decaffeinated CBD, so there's no caffeine. You get the extra strength CBD in that. The warmness of the coffee helps get me a little bit relaxed there. And then the CBD 
kicks in and I don't even notice and I fall asleep like a baby. The best part too, Strava is all about quality. Everything is small batch. It's fresh and shipped straight to your door. Strava also offers concentrated full spectrum CBD tinctures for those looking for a more traditional CBD format with power entourage effects of benefits. CHGO listeners can save 25% off their entire purchase when you use code CHGO25. That's 25% off your order at StravaCraftCoffee.com when you use code CHGO25 at checkout. Discount coupon valid on non-subscription purses only, one use per customer. And also, if you already love Strava like I do, subscribe and save with Strava's Coffee Club. With Strava, you're in control. Save on your favorite coffees and have them automatically delivered to your home or office on your preferred schedule. Again, use code CHGO25 for 25% off your order at Strava Craft Coffee. Dot com. We also want to talk to you about CHGO. This is our company, CHGO. We've been doing this for over a month now. We were walking around Lot B and still had to let people know what CHGO was. So why don't we let you, the listener and viewer, know what it is? It is, you can find us at allchgo.com. We have premium written content up at allchgo.com. And that premium written content can be accessed by our members. Go to allchgo.com and you can get access to our premium written content by all of our great beat writers, one of them being our own Vinny Duber. You also get a free shirt when you become a member. You can get your own pick of a shirt from the CHGO locker. You can get the Brawler Sock logo on there. You can get a Cubs one. You can get a CHGO one like Herb is wearing. And you get access into the CHGO Lounge. Uh, very, very good. Uh, I, I do really like in, in, uh, interacting with our members in the CHGO Lounge. That is a member-only Discord. And CHGO, we're providing podcasts every single day, five days a week for you. We got pre- and post-game shows. Those are free for everybody. We got podcasts throughout the week. Those are free for everybody. But if you want to help support us, allchgo.com, become a member, you get the free shirt, you get access to the written content, and you get access into the CHGO Lounge. Do you have something? Oh, you, oh. you moved your hand. You're all good. Oh, sorry. We got uh, bikepacking.com saying try melatonin. I can't take it with, with, with different meds. So you know what I can take? CBD. I can take CBD. I can take Stravakoff coffee. Boom. Helps me with the restless legs. But I do appreciate you giving me the tip. And, and thank uh, you for watching, Jake, too. Yeah, we're here after every game from Sunday to Thursday for this month of April. Every game that happens with the White Sox, we have a pre and a post. So, yeah, we'll be going for an hour each post game. So, yeah, if you're leaving the game and you're worried about 30-minute uh, post games, that's not us. We're a full hour. And, unfortunately, no snacks in the CHGO lounge yet. Um, it is digital, so it's a little tough to get snacks into the digital lounge. But we're working on it, Tom. Uh, and also, uh, I know Dan was there. Uh, that Eloy catch was so nerve-wracking. Before we get into that Eloy catch and the, the, you know, the idea of people being there, I know Dan was there. Obviously, Jake's there. Do you think he's still stuck in Lot C, or do you think he's just hanging out in Lot C watching us? Oh, Jake's home. Jake's at home chilling, watching us. Turned us on right when he got to the crib. Thank you, Jake. We really appreciate that. All right. Well, appreciate it, Jake. I thought he was listening to us the whole time. He walked out of the stadium and started watching it. But uh, I yeah, mean, you, you can do know. that if you have YouTube on your phone. The YouTube Dan's app. doing it. I know. I know Dan Wanda. Wanda's doing it right now. He yeah. was at the game. He I saw his uh, his uh, his brat with the uh, onions and, and mustard on and everything, and he saw the Aloy catch in person. It was it was beautiful. Yeah. I I don't want Aloy to ever jump again. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, great. Thank you for saving that uh, run right there. Which one would you rather talk about, the Aloy catch or the Robert catch first? The Robert catch. All right. So a ball is smoked. I think it was by Jesse Winker, right? Was that one by the Winker or Hanniger? Jake said he's sitting in traffic on Shields as we speak. Ooh. Damn. 
God damn. That's been an issue with, and we noticed this, there was a lot of people already there at like 10 a.m. tailgating for a 3 p.m. game. So there was a lot of people there, and I heard that there was a lot of issues too. So, you know, last year was a big difficulty to, to get into that ballpark, to get out of that ballpark, to get anything at that ballpark. I know COVID is stressed out and, and brought people to the limits, but uh, to hear that there's a little bit more issues continuing this year is frustrating because, you know, it was an issue last year. Let's get this fixed out. It's their first day of the year yes so it's gonna take some time for people to filter in filter out i think they'll get it fixed up when we are facing like the cubs another huge crowd in may uh yankees uh games and stuff like that i think with traffic on fridays and saturday when i'm going to the game versus the race mercy no traffic at all <laughs> yes uh and alex saying aloy diving gives me the same anxiety as i see a pothole too late i agree on that uh aloy that's, that's di- great alec dove for a ball near uh, the foul li- uh, ball line uh it just hit off of his knee, right? Yes. If it uh, didn't hit his knee, first. it goes to the wall, and we have the same Yelich situation without the net. Yeah, it's just a little bit less precarious uh, without the net. All right, but let's go to the uh, the two plays we mentioned. Uh, one of those balls was smoked uh, by Jesse Winker. Uh, it was a flyout uh, to, uh, to to Luis Robert about right center field, going up back against the wall just leaps up. It wasn't a rob of a home run, but he, it was definitely a play that he needed to leap up for. Yes, he 100% needed to leap up for that ball. And like I said earlier, he had troubles with the wall. Like, he didn't know where it was. The warning track kind of gave him problems. Now he seems comfortable back there. He seems like a complete player in the in the outfield. Smoothly caught that ball. I thought off the bat, like, son of a bitch, there, that's another home run. We got 88. <laughs> <laughs> we have a, we have the guy where you're like, damn, I wish our team had that guy. We got him. He's 88. He hit second in our lineup. Just amazing. Like, sometimes he gets lost in the shuffle, but he is a superstar right now. He's told through bases, hit a home run, caught that ball from Jesse Winker. Like, it's got to be disheartening. Jesse Winker's face after he saw him catch the ball, he's like, what? The, how, what? So Winker he hits thought it. he had it, too. Yeah. Winker hits it. Coming from Great American Ballpark, I mean, it was just his finish on the swing looked like he knew it. It looked like he was hitting one out to Great American Ballpark right where those smokestacks are. He posed and everything. And Robert comes from left center field, basically. He comes to left of the 400 sign, dead center, and goes all the way out to where that Xfinity uh, ad is for the Sox and reaches up right, bet- right beneath that yellow line, carrying into the wall, it was a fantastic play, and you mentioned it. Like, I mean, people on Twitter were saying after he stole those bases, after he hit the home run, after he has this crazy play in center field, that the White Sox might finally have a player up to Frank Thomas's talent level after 20-plus years. I mean, I don't want to speak out of turn. He has a chance to be much better than Frank Thomas. Much better. I mean, he's got <laughs> – tell me what he can't do. Just tell me what he can't do. Like, even the the ninth inning pitch where the ball was hit to center field, the cannonball he threw that hose cut off, J.P. Crawford's a pretty fast runner. Like, Mm -hmm. if he lets that ball go through, I know J.P. probably still scores, but that's a pretty good arm right there. Yeah. Frank Thomas was an elite hitter. Goddamn Luis Robert is an elite hitter and elite fielder. So that's why I say he can be that much better than Frank Thomas. Yeah, Tom, I spit. Sorry. I'm really hot. Well, I'm really happy. 
means it's a spit take. Like he just spit out whatever he was drinking when you said that. Yeah, no, he's saying, and I think. Oh, but Herb, I did Herb's spit trying though. to defend it though. I think, <laughs> but yeah. I did spit though, Tom. Sorry. Yeah, I'm I'm down with it. You know what? I, I think that he can be better. Tell than, me what he can't do, than Frank Thomas. I don't know. There's nothing that man can't do. I think do. the only thing Frank that, Thomas is the best hitter I've seen in a White Sox uniform, bar none. So if we're not compare, even close, let's compare the five. Yeah. the five tools. Power. Frank hasn't beaten. Out. Yes. Um, I, I think speed, we can say Robert beats him out. Um, fielding, Robert beats him out just because he's playing center yeah. field over first base. And then the hit tool, I think that it's honestly fairly similar. The one big discrepancy there, and I think, well, Robert has a better arm. Uh, the hit tool, though, like the biggest discrepancy is Frank's patient and eye. Yeah. He'll take more walks. He'll have an higher OBP. But, I mean, Luis Robert can put the barrel on the ball just like Frank Thomas could. The ball went out of the ballpark. It was an 80, what, 84 mile per hour pitch, the knuckle curve. Yeah. At 110 miles per hour. He generated all that power. Ball, bat, gone. Mercy. Like, we're going to be watching greatness if this man stays healthy and keeps on going on his trajectory. He's so great. I, 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 I saw on points bet. <laughs> Before the season, I think oh, it was I like plus twenty two hundred yeah. mm-hmm. for him to win the MVP. I immediately hit the the money button. I was like, "Please Check give me chance. this," because that man will can be be competing for the American League MVP this season. Mm-hmm. We all know that he is. I when they picked him, I heard all those words that people said, and when he came up, people like to be muted about a prospect. Oh, he'll be good. He'll be fine. There was no muting at all. People were saying King Griffey Jr., Roberto Clemente, Bo Jackson. They they threw out those comparisons willingly because they knew that this guy is gonna be special. And look at Mark got it at plus three thousand. Let's 3, go, thousand. Nice, you got in early. Yeah, uh, points bet right before the season, like you mentioned, plus twenty two. I think is what I got it at. So I put five on that. I'll win that. I also put five. five. Yeah, Man. I'm broke. Wait, you judging me? For, I, I, I put I put five on Kyle Schwarber to win NL MVP. I put five on Robert to win AL MVP, and I put five on uh, Kevin Gausman to get the AL Cy Young. Scare money don't win money, Sean. Put that thousand on that. I don't put that G on that. Yeah, I don't put that G on I'm it. Not putting, I don't have a G. Then you'll have money to put on it. Then you'll have Absolutely money. Absolutely not. Uh, I will have money if that happens, but I have to wait until October and for to Greg get that money. Brings a good point, and I think you brought up the uh, swing rate and how uh, how he's. Changed his uh, whiff rate from 2020 to 2021, and now continuing to 2022. So, he is not missing the balls that he missed his first year. Yeah, he's crushing those balls, and he is not necessarily being patient like we said with Frank Thomas. I mean, he's being more patient, but he's not Frank Thomas. Frank Thomas is a, or the worldly hitter. Robert is rounding into form. I don't know if he'll ever be a big time on base guy because of his walks. Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing is. One's more aggressive than the other two. Frank had this huge strike zone, too, that you also had to pitch around, right? You couldn't throw anything in the, the middle of the, the the plate of Frank's strike zone because he would take it out on you. So you're trying to pick corners on, on Thomas, so that would just lead to more walks. People are trying to pitch around him. I'm uh, going to look at points bet right now and see what Luis Robert, Robert if it's at. changed, if it's changed <laughs> after today. I'm trying to find the stats that you mentioned uh, because it is absolutely right that um, with, with what he's saying – uh, that his eye has improved drastically. Part of that has been opening up his stance. If you go look at Aloy, uh, Luis when he debuted, 
very closed up, a little bit similar to Andrew Vaughn, how Andrew Vaughn is very aligned with his shoulders. Luis stepped out a little bit. Yeah, his stance opened up just a little bit, um, a little bit more noticeable. And what he was able to do was see the ball more, uh, especially from right-handed pitchers. But then also what he was able to do was it just creates more of a hinge for your uh, hips to swing around. So you stepping out like that, having that open stance, lets you create more of an extension when you were in your stride. Um, so then you're able to you know, create more power, turn the hips more. And I mean, that's why you're able to see 84 from Brash get turned around at 110. I mean, this is, this is freak stuff that Luis Robert is doing. And part of that is the stance change. He became more, more dominant after that stance change, after he hurt himself. And, you know, we talk about, you know, him changing his stance after he gets hurt from April 5th whatever last year until he got hurt he had 21 hits in the first 25 games so I mean Luis Robert before he changed his stance was still a hitting machine and now he's changed his stance it's like oh no watch out like this guy is tinkering improving the Terminator has just gotten upgrades like this is this is dangerous stuff the biggest thing though is you know he's got to keep up this enormous contact rate something that he is is like a 60 plus contact percent rate guy which is just really unsustainable in the major leagues so right. you know if he if he if he you know his his numbers might come down to earth just a little bit but he's still going to be fantastic right now Shohei Tani plus 325 is the odds on favorite right now Mike Trout right behind him at plus 400 Luis Robert one two three four five six he is the seventh player plus 1800 seventh he's so he's seventh with MVP odds right now at plus 1800 um, at, at points bet at so, points bet I got him at 2200 and it's been four that's, still, games. that's still that's still delicious. <laughs> it's been four games and he's already changed. Sean, put that MVP G down odds. now. Put that G down, bro. Uh, I don't know about that. Uh, nice nineteen hundred. Mom, I hope you're not the, watching. I'm not putting a G on. Put it. that G down, kid. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, all right. Uh, let's talk about this Aloy uh, catch too before we wrap this up. It was Luis Torrance who was at bat, uh, and Raylo was on the mound. It was the top of the seventh inning. No outs. Torrance hits a slider, pulls it, and it looks like it's going to go out over, and Aloy jumps up. Up, leaps up and I feel like it was probably at the level of the fence it wasn't as deep as the fence he probably had about like maybe five feet before the fence but a leaping catch that would have been a double a really athletic play from Aloy yeah I don't want him to ever do it again stop it stop it <laughs> it's just up and down I got it he hurts himself playing the outfield I never jump never jump don't go more than five steps to your left to hurt that special player in center field. Congratulations, man. I appreciate you catching the ball as out for the White Sox. It's awesome. But my main thing, I want him in DH. It's not going to happen. If you're playing in left field, Louis, uh, Eloy Jimenez, stay on, the, stay on your feet. That slide that you did on the baseline, no, absolutely not. Let that drop in front of you, pick it up, throw it to second base. Do easy plays. Catch balls that are in the air. Ground, field the ground balls that are hit into the left field, throw it back into the cutoff, man. Nothing more. We need you. And, yes, he's made plays like that last year, the one that gave us all heart attacks where he, like, did it on the warning track. He was on the field mm -hmm. for, like, five to ten seconds, felt Lay like down. an eternity, and then he gives up the peace sign right by <laughs> front of the bullpen. It's funny, but my heart stopped for yeah. a second, you dick. Stop it. I don't want you to be hurt. That's I don't know what Dang. he doesn't understand. And we, and I, it's hard to put a governor on a guy, on an athlete who is a competitor. You can't put a governor on a guy that, like Aloy, he's going to see ball and want to catch ball. But 
he has gotten hurt multiple times in the outfield, and him getting hurt hurts the White Sox chances to win the World Series. So in the grand scheme, I would just want him to say, hey, stay on your feet, bro. That's all we need. You didn't catch that? All good. I know you're pissed the other day no, yeah, that a ball fell in front of you. You thought he was loafing. I was like, well, there was a couple. There's, I mean, I'm not saying he's loafing because I'm not saying that this is clearly a team instructed idea. Like, hey, you're not diving anything in front of you. Even if it's close, don't take it. Pick it up off a of bounce. Like, I, I know that's a team instructed thing. I don't think he's loafing. But again, like, this is the third post game where we're talking about Aloy in the field. I just don't like it. I just don't, don't like it. You guys who are watching it's and a listening. Good, it's a great athletic play, by the do way. Do not cringe every time a ball is hitting to left field? Yes. Or left center even more? Like, every single time I cringe well, in the he almost, air. He almost did it today again, too. There was a, a, a ball that Robert and Aloy converged on. Aloy ended up taking it. But, again, another one where I don't know if Robert's not calling it strong enough or if, you know, Aloy's just not paying attention. And, Martin, we're not saying that Luis Roberts better than Frank Thomas. He, says he has the trajectory to be a better player than Frank Thomas. He has all the skills to be a better player than Frank Thomas. Yeah. I don't know well, if you can disagree with that. No, I, and I don't How think, can you disagree I with that? I don't think Kowalski, Martin Kowalski is saying that. I mean, it really feels like he has a good chance to pass Frank, which I think is what we're saying. I, I read that. I, I read that first, and I was like, oh, that sounds a little bit hatery. But, no, I think it's just more realizing what Frank did. Because Frank is a multiple-time oh. MVP. So, I mean, even if Robert wins one, he might not have passed Frank's all-time, you know, resume by this. In this franchise's pantheon, Frank Thomas is up there. He's at the ceiling. Everybody else is up right here. Right. Like, Frank is... And no, the, one's, no one's up there with Frank. Yeah, Frank is the franchise. Like, he is the greatest hitter by far that the White Sox have seen. By far. Mm -hmm. And one of the greatest hitters in Major League history... I'm not besmirching the great name of Frank Thomas. He's one of my favorite players. He is. But we love Frank Thomas. He is. But when you got a special player, you see it. You know it. Yeah. You feel it in your heart. You want to see that man play every day. You want to go out to the games, and then you could tell your kids, your grandkids, yeah, I saw Luis Robert play. He was special. And you get to see him on Friday. And you get to see him on Saturday. God damn and I'm right excited for it. Unless yeah. Tony takes him out. Unless Tony takes him out. And uh, just to go back to that uh, discussion we had about him opening up his stance. Pre-injury last year, uh, and this is just pre-injury before he opened up his stance. So this is even taking in 2020 and uh, 2019. Uh, played appearances, 330 played appearances. An average of 259, 320, 444. Post-injury, 193 played appearances. 350, 389, 622. Good night. That's an MVP right there. Okay, so... Uh, he the figured some things out, friends. Yes. The recap is the White Sox win 3-2. The pitching, very good. Um, you yes. know, a very good performance. Um, I, I know that it wasn't the best. Like, Lance Lynn was, or Vince, Vince Velasquez wasn't dominant, but 10 to 6 strikeouts. You only allow 7 hits. I'll take it. Yeah, I'll, I'll take, take it. For, for the, the, the health of this pitching staff right now, I will take... Nine innings with two runs. We just need our guy Dallas Keuchel. I know you don't believe in him to go out hey. and shove six innings minimum. <laughs> six innings minimum. 
Yes, and that's a uh, <laughs> that's yes. actually Dan. Herb hates Herb hates Frank Thomas, and I hate Jose Abreu. It is uh, true. Uh, uh, we'll have to great. see who Vinny Duber hates. You can follow him on Twitter uh, at Vinny Duber. Vinny will have a game recap, I'm assuming, uh, on allchgo.com. So all members should check out his work. And if you aren't a member, what are you waiting for? Allchgo.com to read Vinny's work. But uh, yeah, a 6.22 slugging percentage will play. For Luis Robert with that defense and that speed. Will he be the first ever 40-40 White Sox? Will he be the ever first ever 30-30 uh, White Sox for the, uh, for the, in the 2022 season? We will have to wait and see. The Sox win 3-2. For Herb Lawrence, I'm Sean Anderson. Thank you to Steven Nicholas for his great production. And All thank day you long. To, and yes. by the way, we didn't even talk about Shout Steven. To KC too. Steven Nicholas. Right. This is Pertello's order. Oh, dude. Just ridiculous, Steven. Like, That's Steven, Steven doesn't look like me. No, Stephen is yoked. Like uh, he could probably put himself on camera, but Stephen is yoked. That man took down a big beef, a burger, a full a, a jumbo, a big jumbo. ass, a jumbo big ass dog. strawberry shake. Like I know the man works out hard, and so he works out hard. He plays hard. I've never seen a bigger <laughs> Portillo's order from anybody. But Stephen Nicholas, that man deserves an award for what he just did. He could probably do that man for his food show. Oh, absolutely. And just murder it. I appreciate it. that. Herb. Adam Richmond, we should do that. CHGO food. Me, you, and Lawrence are going to do uh, two CHGO <laughs> food. And we're going to see if you can do uh, two cheeseburgers, two beefs, two hot dogs, and two shakes. My diabetes started acting up when I started oh. looking at that shake. <laughs> no appetizers? Come on, guys. No appetizers. <laughs> yeah, no onion rings for you, Stephen Nicholas. But I uh, appreciate your production work today. And we will talk to Vinny soon on the CHGO White Sox podcast and Post game show. We appreciate everyone that was in the YouTube chat and participating with us. We will hopefully be talking to you tomorrow about another White Sox game, but rain is in the forecast. Will Dallas Keiko go seven shutout innings or will we get shut out from White Sox baseball? That is the question. We will have an answer for you tomorrow on the CHGO White Sox podcast.